now take you into a service already in progress where Pastor Ashish exhorts the congregation and leads them in making the declaration. And right after this is a life-changing message for you. Psalm 107 verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Tell our neighbor, say so. Redeemed, from God, redeemed by the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You proclaim what God has done for you. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And you and I are familiar with the Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 which says, They, the God's people, overcame Him, the adversary, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they didn't love their lives unto death. They overcame the adversary by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You say that as a believer, the Bible says that in Christ you have redemption through His blood. The blood of Jesus Christ has redeemed you. That means God has brought you unto Himself. Spirit, soul and body, you belong to God. You are the redeemed of the Lord. And you need to say it. You need to proclaim it. Because that really releases the reality of redemption into your life. You can walk in the reality of your redemption as you proclaim that I am redeemed of the Lord. I, can, I, I cannot count the number of times when I've, I've, I've prayed for myself, proclaimed what the blood of Jesus Christ has done for me, and experienced victory in certain areas of life. Whether it's a, a spirit of depression, trying to depress you, confuse you, whether it's spirits of lust or addictions or bondages or whatever kind of attack the enemy tries to um, bring on you. Any, whatever entrance the enemy tries to gain into your life. And all of us face different things. When we stand up and say we are the redeemed of the Lord. When you put your hand on your own head. It's perfectly fine for you to pray for yourself. Amen. So you put your hand on your own head and say I am the redeemed of the Lord. You know, oh, you don't have to do it now. I just... <laughs> I'm just illustrating. So when you put your hand on your own head and you proclaim what the blood of Jesus has done for you, it's very powerful. The Old Testament has this feast called the Feast of the Passover where God told His people, He said, you kill you take the blood of the Passover lamb, you apply it to the doorposts of your house. And when you do that, when you apply the blood, God will pass over you, God will cover you, and the destroyer will be unable to touch you is such a picture of the blood of Jesus Christ. When we apply the blood upon our lives, we are divinely protected. We experience the power of the blood of Jesus in our life. How do we apply the blood? As we proclaim with our mouth what the blood of Jesus has done for us. In the Old Testament, they used the hyssop, a little weed-like, a weed-like shrub. They used that to apply the blood on the doorposts of the house. Here, we speak the word. We the blood of Jesus redeemed us. Your tongue is like that hyssop. It applies the blood to your life. Amen? So you proclaim, the blood of Jesus redeemed me. I'm redeemed from demons of confusion. I'm redeemed from whatever that's pro- troubling you. You proclaim it and you will experience the reality of Christ's redemption for you. Amen? So let's stand up to our feet. Let's do that this morning. I want you to hold your Bible high up in the air and say this with me. This is God's Word. God's Word says, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed by the blood. My spirit, my soul, and my body 
are God's property. The blood of Jesus Christ has made me God's property. Satan has no place in me, no claim over me, and no entrance into me. I am the redeemed of the Lord, and I say so in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands with the person next to you. You may be seated. We are uh, continuing our study on the presence of God. I will be finishing it up next Sunday. So today and next Sunday, we'll finish our study on God's presence. What we're really doing is trying to develop an appetite and an understanding of God's presence so that we can uh, uh, pursue the presence of God, receive and experience God's presence in our lives, whether individually or corporately as we get together. We're going to talk about the reign of God's presence and the glory of His presence. You know, God is using language that you and I can understand. God is using language that you and I can understand to teach us about His presence, right? So when He talks about the rain of presence, He says that times is come down rain, just rain that from the sky, from the sea, the way suddenly presence comes down upon us, right? You know, Jesus, John the third, was speaking to Nick and others. He said, if to you only thing difficult to understand, what will happen to you of things? So God's using language from our things like fire. It's about His presence. Understand. And He said, I mean, earthly to teach you about things. And if I use heavenly to tell you heavenly things, you don't understand. Thank God that although He's simple things, light, air, and rain, these are things that can relate to understand the presence of God and what, what it is like. So we're going to reign of God's presence today. There are several places in the Bible, and these are not here. God says, I pour out my spirit. So releasing it to us is like pouring out, pouring out water. I will pour my spirit. I will pour my spirit on all flesh. In the Isaiah, the 44th chapter, the third, God says, I pour water on him who is thirsty and flood the dry ground. Same verse, he said, I will pour out my spirit. So this pouring here, God, talking about his spirit, people who are thirsty. People of God, I really am desperate. I really need your presence. God says, I will pour water out on those who are thirsty. In Isaiah 32 and verse 15, once again, it says, When the Spirit of God is poured out upon us, then the environment around us will change. The, the dry ground will begin to fruit, and everything that's dry around us will begin to flourish. So God, once again, using terminology, we understand, I will pour out my Spirit. It's going to change your world. When my presence is poured out on you. Amen. Now listen here in Psalm 72 verse 6. Psalm 72 verse 6 says, He will come down like rain. Who? God will come down like rain upon the grass before mowing. Like showers that water the earth. So God releasing His presence to us is like rain. He will come down like rain. Hosea 6 verse 3 it says, let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as a morning. He will come to us like the rain. Why don't we all say this together? God will come to me like the rain. So the Bible says when we pursue Him, when we pursue the knowledge of the Lord, what will happen? He will come to us like the rain. Like rain, God's going to descend on you, pour Himself out on you. And Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1 tells us this. It says, Ask the Lord for rain. 
in the time of the latter rain, the Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Ask the Lord for rain. So it's perfectly fine for us to say, God, I want you to rain down. There's a natural aspect of it, and there's, of course, the spiritual aspect, God's presence. It's perfectly fine for you to ask for rain and say, God, I want you to rain down on my life. I want the rain of your presence to come down on me. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain, at the time when God is pouring out His Spirit all over the world. The Bible says you ask for rain. You can ask for rain upon your life, for the rain of His presence to come down on you. What will the rain of His presence do for you and me? A couple of things here, page 51. The rain of His presence brings refreshing. It brings refreshing into our lives. And just like the last couple of days, or last maybe couple of weeks, we've been having very good rain here in Bangalore. And uh, every time it begins to rain or it starts raining, the, the, the whole weather, the weather cools down. And I don't know about you, but it's nice. I like it. It cools down. It makes, it very, makes things very pleasant. And you kind of feel refreshed. You can work a few more hours and do some more things. You know. Some of us may want to crawl into bed at that time, you know. But... But generally, you feel very refreshed. You, you want to work. You're energized. So the rain of His presence brings refreshing. You feel refreshed by the rain. Now, look at Acts chapter 3, verse 19. It says, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. So, I repent, I convert, meaning I turn towards God, and my sins are blotted out. Now, many of us... Understand that to be the Christian experience. You, you, you turn away from your own ways, you come to the Lord, you have your sins forgiven. But really, that's only the beginning. When you repent, you're converted, your sins are blotted out, what happens? It ushers you into this. What? So that times of refreshing may come the present. You coming to having your sins entitles you to times or seasons of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Amen? And over again, multiple seasons, times of refreshing from the presence of God. And you can experience it anytime you want. You've repented, you've been converted, your sins have been blotted out. You are now entitled to times of refreshing, seasons of refreshing from the presence of God. You can have it. Amen? Now it's true that all of us experience dry seasons, dry periods in life, in our spiritual walk with God. You know, there are sometimes, uh, some periods in life, you wake up in the morning, and you want to read your Bible, and it's like, so dry. Say, so God, where are all those verses that used to speak to me? Yeah. It's so dry, it doesn't make sense. And uh, then you want to pray, and you feel like God is a million miles away. All lines are engaged. Your prayers don't seem to go past the ceiling. Everything is so dry. Now, all of us go through those dry periods in life. And here's what I want to encourage you. You know, I, I believe in spiritual discipline. I believe in disciplining yourself to um, time in the Word, to pray, to speak the Word, to do all those wonderful things. I believe in discipline. But the, but the truth is this. Discipline without the presence ends up as a dry ritual. So sometimes we are trying to ride a dead horse. That means this whole regiment of spiritual discipline has reached a place where it's not bringing you anymore into the presence of God. 
So you're trying to ride a dead horse, and it's not going to help. So instead of trying to force yourself through your regimen of spiritual discipline, what you need to do in those times when you're feeling really dry and you're experiencing the presence of God, that now, normally, under normal circumstances, this discipline that you have will lead you into God's presence day after day after day, enabling you to encounter times of refreshing, and that's wonderful. But when you realize, when you, be, when you begin to pick up the fact that your spiritual discipline is really not leading you into God's presence, and the presence of God is no longer there, don't try to ride a dead horse. Stop your discipline and pursue the presence of God. Amen? The Bible tells us, be still and know that I am God. And many times in life, you need to be still. Let go of the regiment of that discipline, whatever you did, you know, reading the Bible, reading, you know, you can read. I'd rather read half a verse and experience God's presence than read 10 chapters and have no presence. Amen? The presence of God is what we are after. It's God that we are after. The discipline is to help us develop that experience of, of God's presence. And I, I firmly believe in discipline. I'm not putting it down. But I'm saying that there are times in our lives when the discipline doesn't help us in experiencing the presence. And that's where you need to understand the higher value of the presence of God than your own discipline. Amen? And you begin to say, God, I'm just going to relax in your presence. You don't have to condemn yourself that you're re- not reading 10 chapters. You're not just praying that half an hour you're supposed to pray. It's okay. If you can encounter the presence of God in five minutes, that's much more worth it than half an hour of trying to keep yourself awake, you know. What's the place? Those five minutes of God's presence can do more for you than that half an hour of trying to fight your way through something that's without life, without the presence of God. So when you are going through dry periods, understand that you are entitled to times of refreshing from the presence of God. And here's just a little practical thing that you can do. Lay aside your discipline and just say, God, I just want a time of in your presence. It's not generated by my discipline, the presence of God. Worship music, what to do? And just relax, enjoy God. Just a verse, a few words be, and God speak through that. I want your presence. I value your presence. You don't have, you don't have it yourself running spirit regiment. Your absence of God. Amen? Times of come, come presence of God. The second of His presence is fruitful. The rain of presence of God pours presence on you. Takes throughness and creates fruitful in our lives. Many of us times we go through times when we are so hard areas to bear it. And these moments when the presence of God breaks into your life and your night, fruitfulness will come. Fruitfulness why? Because the rain is present in your life. Now, the example in the, in the book of Numbers, you know, people are rebelling here, and there's a high priest. People are rebelling against him and says, you know, I want to demonstrate something. I want leaders from each of the tribes to bring a rod, I want Aaron to bring a rod, and come and keep a tabernacle. They all do. They bring these drinks, they leave it in the tabernacle. In the morning, they come, and they find Aaron's rod. Overnight, it says that his rod had bud, it bloomed, and it hits on it. Aaron's rod had bud, was blood, and fruits. This is what God, overnight, He can turn its drowned life and bring not just signs of life, but bring fruits. That's what God can just break into them. In this case, the dry rod, in your barren, being some other life. All right, God's prayer, break through, and what is drowned? Bud blossom and fruits. 
That's what God can do. Several places in Scripture, uh, in I-58, says that, um, I-5811, dry land will become well watered in. Dry land will become a well watered in. I-32, verse, I think it is, I-5 verse 1, it's that the earth will be like the rose. This is what the present can do for you. Amen? Now, what I want to encourage is, the Bible says, ask God for rain. You can for the rain presence to come upon your life. Privately, in your own room, when you are reading the word of God, and saying, God, you know, I'm feeling very dry. I need your rain. I need the rain of your presence on my life to bring refreshing. God, I need the rain of your presence to bring fruitfulness in this area of my life. I've been working hard. I'm not seeing any fruit. I'm not seeing any result. God, I need the rain of your presence. You can ask the Lord for rain. And the Bible says He will give rain. Amen? Now let's move on to the next chapter as you talk about the glory of God's presence. This is chapter 7, page 52. Here's another aspect of God's presence that is released amongst us. Uh, the Bible uses the word glory, the glory of God's presence. In the Old Testament, there are two Hebrew words that are related to the glory of God being released amongst us. There is the kabod, or the weighty glory presence of God. This is God's presence that's released upon us where we, we begin to feel a heavy weight, a heavy heaviness, a heavy glory presence of God. You can feel the of God's presence. So sometimes right here during the worship, as helping God, you can feel the weight of His presence. And at those moments, you may not be able to stand or maybe you're standing, but you're very aware of the weight of His presence on your life. Maybe you sit down. Some may just want to lay down on the floor. But you're feeling the weight of God's presence. The he- in the Hebrew, it's called the kabod, the glory presence of God. Here, for example, in 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 10 and 11, it says that when the priest came out of the holy place, the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. They couldn't stand there because of the cardboard of the Lord. It filled the house where they were. They couldn't stand anymore. Then there is the Shekinah, which is the manifestation of His presence. This is usually um, the cloud of His presence. When you see His presence like a cloud. So the cardboard is a weight that you feel. The Shekinah is the glory cloud that you see. There are many, many instances of this in the Old Testament. Uh, the word Shekinah is not used in the, he- in the Hebrew Scripture per se, but it, it, it is the derived words are used. And there's a little quote here from Fred Miller on what he has to say, which is the presence of God in a locality, among a community, among a people. Uh, page 53, it's the abiding dwelling or habitation of God's presence. So the Shekinah glory of God, it simply means that God's presence is taken up residence and is continuing among a community of His people. It's residing there among them. And it's often visible as a glory cloud. Page 54 of Exodus, the 40th chapter, verses 32 to 35, is an example of this. As soon as Moses had finished the tabernacle, here's what happened. It says in raised up the court all around the tabernacle and the altar, and hung up the screen of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the building, and the glory, that's the cardboard of the Lord, 
filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested, shakan, above it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So the word cardboard and shakan, from which we derive the word shekinah, is used to talk about this tangible presence of God that comes down as a weight, weighty presence and as a glory cloud, resting, dwelling among His people. Now there are many, many uh, records of people seeing the glory cloud or experiencing the weighty presence of God. Here's just one from the Azusa Street Revival. Uh, as recorded by Frank Bartleman, here's what he writes. He says, God came so wonderfully near us. The very atmosphere of heaven seemed to surround us. Such a divine weight of glory was upon us, we could only lie on our faces. For a long time, we could hardly remain seated even. All would be on their faces on the floor, sometimes during the whole service. I was seldom able to keep from lying full length on the floor on my face. So the weighty glory of God filled uh, the meeting where the God's people are gathering together and people could hardly be seated. Some were on the floor under the presence of God. So we can experience that same weighty presence of God. Now, what is the glory? When you talk about the glory, what is it? Moses prayed and asked, and asked God, Lord, show me your glory. And here's God's response. In the book of Exodus, 33rd chapter, verses 18 and 19, God, Moses prayed, Lord, show me your glory. Here's what God said. He said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Let's pose this request, Lord, show me God's my goodness, mercy, and my passion. So the way of God is the first day God's goodness, mercy, expression. It's expressed by God as goodness, mercy, and passion. So when you call the of God, this brings to the goodness, the mercy of God, the passion of God. So when you feel the weight of His presence, you are feeling old. You are feeling the of God. You are God's goodness, must passing down you. God is telling you, my cobble is here. My glory presence, I want it known to you. Goodness, mercy, compassion. So when you feel the weight of His presence, understand that you upon life. And you are becoming oriented at that moment of His cardboard, His goodness, His mercy, His compassion. You can tap in and receive that. And not, not let that moment pass you by. Five, when you come into the New Testament, the Bible says the glory of God is revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the brightness of God's glory. Hebrews 1 and verse 3 says. He's a complete expression of the glory of God. How did Jesus manifest the glory of God? John 2.11 says this, that he, be, he did miracles and manifested His glory. So the glory of God was manifested through the miracles, the healings, the good, uh, the, the powerful works that that Jesus did. The miracles are an expression of God's goodness, mercy, and they reveal God's glory to us. So God's glory is revealed to us through signs, wonders, and miracles. What I want us to understand is that it is, it is perfectly fine for you and me to desire the expressions, the manifestations of the glory of God. It's nothing wrong to desire for it. Look at what the psalmist said in Psalm 63 verses 1 and 2. He said, O oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. 
So the psalmist is saying, God, I'm desiring you, I'm desiring your presence, and when I'm going to the sanctuary, I am looking for your power and your glory. I'm looking to see your glory. So it's absolutely fine for you to desire the glory of God, the power of God, the presence of God. Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I'm thirsty. I need your glory on my life. It's perfectly fine to do that. What causes God's glory to be manifested in our realm? Here are some things that we can see in Scripture. Praise and worship ushers the glory in the midst. Second Chronicles chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, it tells us that when they were dedicating Solomon's temple, as they sang praises to God, it says, The house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. So that, uh, and the glory cloud of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the cardboard of the Lord filled the house. So praise and worship causes God to inhabit His people, inhabit where is the community of His people, and, and uh, we can experience the glory of God as we praise and worship. Move to new levels of praising and worshiping God. So I want to encourage us to do that. Whether personally, in your private time, as you praise and worship God, expect the glory of God to come upon your life. Corporately, when we worship God together, expect... I mean, we just, we just don't want to go through, you know, five songs and a message... And the declaration before that. Let's, we don't want to get into that routine, that ritual. Let's expect the glory of God as we worship together. A dedicated life, a consecrated life, attracts the manifest presence of God. This is what Jesus said in John 14, verse 21. He said, if you have my commandments and you keep them, then it's a sign that you love me. You know, I can tell God I love him. But Jesus says, your real expression of love is your obedience to my word. You obey my word, then I know that you love me, and the Father will love me, and we will manifest, or I will manifest myself to him. So your obedience to God and his word is your expression of love for God, and that is what Jesus says will draw my, me to manifest, reveal myself to you. So as we consecrate our lives, as we dedicate our lives to walk in obedience to the word of God, it is us telling Jesus, I really love you, Jesus. I'm aligning my life to your word. And that attracts his presence. He says, I will manifest myself to such a person. And number three, you need to believe to see. The psalmist said in Psalm 27, 13, he said, unless I had believed, uh, I would have lost heart. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The goodness of God, as we said earlier, is an expression of God's glory. The glory of God is the goodness of God manifest to us. And the psalmist says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed to see. We must believe to see the goodness of God. Expect to see the goodness of God. When you have the, God, the glory of God coming on your life. Let's not just go through the motions. But expect something. Believe that you will see the goodness of the Lord in this present life. Jesus told uh, Mary and Martha in John eleven forty, say to you that if you would believe, you will see the glory of God. If you would believe, you will see the glory of God. What does the glory of God release into our midst? It releases an expression of God's goodness, God's mercy, God's compassion. It would come in forms of healing, deliverance, answers to prayer, miracles supernatural, unexpected things. All these are expressions of God's glory, goodness and mercy and compassion in our midst. So we must expect that. Expect God's glory to be released amongst us as we worship. What I really want to emphasize here, we need to make the of God and habitate His presence. God will lead us. 
time to time. No wonder, as a community, the presence came Therefore, in the old, he, he spends habitate, dwells. This is what God wants in number 14. He will build with my God. wants glory, God, the, to reside upon us. In the old, the temple of Moses was glorious to dwell. Solomon's temple, the place where his presence was released. When the, when the Israelite God promised, if you will, the temple will have great, I will release great in the temple. Well, to the New Testament people, you are not the temple of God. And the Bible started a habit of God by His Spirit. So God really wants to release His glory presence amongst us. Release that continuing glory presence among a community of people. So let us move in. Let us journey into that realm where God's presence is so amongst us. His glory, His goodness is continually manifested where uh, people who do not even know Jesus would come in to our meetings, would come into our homes, would come in contact with us and experience an expression of God's goodness, mercy, and compassion toward them. Amen. When that is commonplace, we know that God's goodness is here. It's dwelling amongst us. It's not an occasional expression, but His glory is inhabiting His temple. His glory is dwelling amongst us. And we have continual manifestations, continual expressions of His goodness, mercy, and compassion in our lives. And in the lives of those people who come amongst us. Amen? Let's journey into that. It's available. He said, I will fill my earth. Fill the earth with my glory. We're part of the earth. And we can have His glory presence abiding amongst us as a community of believers. So that when others come in, they can be touched by the goodness of God. By the mercies of God. By the compassions of God. Amen. We're going to take some time to just welcome the presence of God and experience His presence. I'll call the worship team up. Maybe this morning you need to just pray and say, Lord, I'm asking for rain. I need some rain upon my life. I need the rain of your presence. I need to be refreshed spiritually. I need a time of refreshing from your presence. You can do that this morning. Maybe you need to pray and say, God, I need your presence to bring fruitfulness in my life. Maybe all of us need to pray that. There may be certain areas in our lives where there is barrenness. There is no fruit coming. You can pray and say, Lord, rain down on me. Rain your presence on my life. Because I know that when your presence comes, the desert will blossom like the rose. The dry land will become like a well-watered garden. What is Aaron's rod that was dry and lifeless overnight began to bud, blossom, and bear fruit. God, you can do that for me. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.